0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mark
1: and talk about songs. Oh yes, we do talk about songs. Welcome to episode 174 of this pop music podcast. I am your host, Mark. Blankenship, and with me as ever is the Blotapolis, Sarah D. Bunting. Sarah, the words I'm making up have become so ludicrous. It does seem like
0: I'm going to need to see a doctor about
1: about that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Sarah, you are taking us to a very, very funky, cool place. Uh, What song have you brought to the table today?
0: I brought Farsides Passing Me By. Uh, I was shocked to realize um how long i have known this album but also how long it had been since i played this album Mm. i was introduced to it uh via a mixtape made for me by my then boyfriend steve um he right before this had dropped in a snippet of brian austin green's like some song by brian austin green where he burned pencil and utensil, and then he just stopped it, and then you could hear Steve like laughing in the background, and then it went right into this track, uh, which is really like a if there were a mixtape Mount Rushmore, that transition would be on it. I'm not mm-hmm. sure how you would render that in uh, in stone, but it should happen that it was like overall it was just really good tape um but this is how i was introduced to the far side with this song and uh then i immediately went and got the rest of the the rest of the cd went and bought it at tower records as we did back in the past um we talk a lot about early 90s hip-hop on the podcast but we haven't talked about it in a while and uh i had a lot of thoughts and feelings revisiting this song and the rest of the album let's hear a clip and then i would love to hear what you thought of it
1: Although
0: she's crazy stepping, I'll try and the i try no stop she didn't have me like a chicken, my tail, like a she she me on the father She was a flake like corn and I was born not to understand But letting the past I proved to be a better man first time i heard this it it just blew my fucking mind like there are about 15 stories jammed into this break um the word nincompoop is used yeah that that alone is awesome but then like all the different MCs uh singing and rapping about their you know futile crushes of the past slash present um the like quincy jones samples uh the fact that the the way it just jams in from the verse into that, like, uh, sung chorus, I just, I remember I was listening to the tape for the first time in the car, and I almost, like, had to pull over and just think about this song, which, I like, goes with P.M. Dawn and De La Soul and this pastiche um smarter than the listener hip-hop from this era i just think it is
1: arrested development yes diggable planets cypress
0: hill you might add if you want to go a little darker there's always that like acrid smell of marijuana around these songs and that's not a bad thing at all uh were you familiar with this song and uh if so what were your thoughts going in
1: so I mostly became aware of the far side because my friend in high school named, uh, and middle school named Sam Gaines uh, was really into them. And I remember one time we were on a field trip and he saw a girl uh, wearing a far side T-shirt at a rest stop. And he went up and talked to her and they kind of flirted around their shared love of the far side. And I just remember thinking, wow, that was pretty smooth, Sam. Yeah. Uh, but he loved – he loved – all of the music that you just referenced, like he was the person who introduced me frequently to, I guess college hip hop. I don't. I, I'm yeah. sure that there is some term for it, but I like, th-
0: yeah, or like a Swisher Sweets hop. I don't. I think it is college hip hop. Like um, KRS One, I guess would also be in that.
1: Yeah, where where as opposed to gangster rap, where the the primary function of the narrative was to expose the hardships of inner city life the this type of rap which which was often about social consciousness or sort of day-to-day uh existence of people who were from middle class and higher backgrounds but then also were getting at larger cultural issues at the same time it was all sort of like it's that and like i guess um it, it and so i didn't the, the the groups from that period that i knew the most were arrested development because they had a lot of hits and i had that album uh-huh. uh and then i had dickable planets rebirth of slick that cassette single um i had multiple pm dawn albums oh my yep, god i same. loved pm dawn so much sidebar we should really talk about a pm dawn song oh my god at some point. memory bliss <laughs> oh god i'm set to you- on it right now Uh, And I know you're gonna say I look lovely, but you probably won't think nothing of me. So I didn't really know the far side, however, as more than a passing reference until I was living in New York City. So after grad school. And I somehow ended up downloading the song Your Mama from this album, <laughs> which is so fucking funny because there's, they've got like, uh, Your mom is so fat. How fat what is, is she? she? Your mama is so big and fat that she could get busy with 22 burritos, but times are rough. I seen her in the back of Taco Bell in handcuffs. And it's just like, the the clowning on it is just so. And
0: they're so happy.
1: Like, yes. they're
0: just like, look at me. You can hear them smiling, which is like, I don't. Sometimes, like if, if you're spending a lot of time, in sort of like the alt rock, college hip hop, space. There's not. There's not necessarily a lot of laughs. There's not a lot. Yes. Of like Look how good we are at this, and how fun it is. Which is what I always liked about, especially De La PM Dawn and this whole Far Side album. Is just them looking at each other like, we fucking rule. And I think that's great. Like, why else go into the music business
1: <laughs> yes. if not for that? Well, and we've talked at length about how so many famous musicians from the 90s seemed to never enjoy it.
0: Yes, and, yes. And
1: uh, grunge, gangster rap, nobody was ever having fun. They were always using their gifts to articulate pain. And you're right, the far side, it just seems like that they're like, Look at how fucking smart I am. And look at how amazing my lyrics are. Yeah. And you know what? If I could write lyrics as complex and playful and intelligent as the lyrics in this song, I would be in a good mood, too.
0: Yeah. Like, even the diss tracks are like, well, you know, this isn't... Like, nobody's going to get hurt over this. We're, right. It's just a diss track. Um, like, uh, Show Business by Tribe Called Quest. Like that they stop all the other tracks so that the MC could say, Go get yourself some toilet paper because your lyrics is butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh like you could just tell they started with that and worked that worked the problem backwards, but also it's like yeah. a great it's like a great percussion track. I mean, yeah, there is a there is a sense of um like caring about the craft, but also having fun with how much they care and how well crafted it is and this song is like 15 different songs crammed in there like i said and you really have to sit with it and see how they all fit together and i just think it's really cool
1: and you're so right about the word nincompoop just it illustrates it signals so much to you about how much fun we're allowed to have even though these are all stories about heartbreak
0: yeah I mean, a flake like corn. Yes. Oh my God! Stretches out corn to make sure you get it, and then he's kind of laughing. I don't know.
1: It's great. And then the fourth verse starts with the line, "Now there she goes again, the dopest Ethiopian." Like, yes, that's good. Well done. Yeah. Uh, It's also worth pointing out that the fourth verse, which is wrapped by Fatlip. Uh, features a hook that then got turned into a big hit song in the two, uh, in the early 2000s when he goes, My dear, my dear, my dear, I do not know you, but I know you very much. Yeah. That became the hook for a song called Stutter by Joe that was a number one hit song in like 2003. So clearly people were listening and paying attention and uh, as well they should have been.
0: And I was reminded when I got to that part of the song, I was reminded of, um, th- there's something about, like, I don't particularly enjoy singing where other people can hear it, uh, because I don't think that it's pleasant to listen to, and I'm not good at I'm just self-conscious about it. But every now and then, I'll just be, like, editing some, I'll just be editing something or other, or, like, ripping a Kansas lyric at <laughs> a live <laughs> show, and it's like... That line and his rendition of it has this um, almost throwaway, just unselfconscious um, draftiness to it. I just, yes. it's so like light and breezy, but it's also one of the most felt parts of the song. Because he just like almost isn't even aware that he's singing this, um, he's singing his like inner monologue. It's it just, you know, it made me think of those moments when I forget myself and start booming Sinatra and then Dan's like, you know, you should sing more. And I'm like, that's not the truth. Also, how huh. long have you been standing there?
1: <laughs> but, you know, and one of the things that make this makes that moment and really this song so exciting is the spontaneity of the sudden arrival of the singing. And it
0: spontaneity, just, thank you. In yeah. a single word, that took me like four paragraphs to get to. Thank you. <laughs>
1: But it really, fe- the, the spontaneity of the song is exciting because you feel like maybe he didn't know he was going to sing that until he started singing it. Yeah. But then, of course, he did, because now that you, as you think about it, it's like, well, that's the only acceptable way to express this part of the song.
0: Yeah, and like that maybe it sort of accidentally got in there and was a mnemonic that he used to like, that. that's how I mark it in my head, which which then ties into all these like wordsworthian concepts of communication taking place in singing before there was before there was a uh, language right and the way that the epic poems of the ancients would be communicated in song and that you have it, you have certain um appositive markers like rosy finger dawn so that the performer knows where he or she is in the text quote-unquote mm-hmm. because it's not text and it would not surprise me to learn <laughs> that the far side would be like mm-hmm, yep correct all those are referenced in there you're right or they think we're full of shit <laughs> that's fine
1: i'm just i'm just thinking now about m- more contemporary rappers who seem to pick up on this particular energy i think macklemore Macklemore clearly did that Mm -hmm. um, in his like brief period when he was making hit songs uh he clearly was influenced by this type of rap i think lizzo clearly is influenced by this type of music like lizzo is someone who is able to say a lot of dope shit but she's having such a good time and she lets her erudition guide her but she also lets her sense of fun guide her yeah and uh
0: and she's definitely like yeah there's like a depth um that sometimes it's only hinted at but there's a depth depth of reference in her stuff um not feral, who am I thinking of? Fuck. Bru- bruce?
1: Bryce? Bruno Mars? Yes, thank No. You. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: yes, Bruno Mars. Like Bruno bruce Mars much more like built and cynical, but there's also a um uh, there's also that like confidence. It feels a little less um f- free free and easy but there's also that like confidence and like let's just see what we can get to rhyme and look how good i am at this and look how right awesome like look how you're bobbing your head even though you think the song is overplayed so I, there's definitely that influence with him too
1: yeah and you know like at the end of the day because i am who i am and i w- was raised in the economic class in which i was raised and i went to school where i went to school i just connect to this approach to music making and i i i recognize from personal experience the aus- the authenticity of clowning around and having a good time with your own intelligence and it doesn't negate the authenticity or power of other types of hip hop to say that this hip hop has its own type of authenticity as well and uh this is happens to be the one that's closer to my lived experience and so I connect with it in a very specific way. And I feel like I appreciate hip-hop that comes from other culture cultural vantage points, but I can't um understand it in the same way, which is not to say that I totally understand as a white person what any black person is doing. I know I, I hope it's clear I'm not saying that, but I'm just thinking through maybe for the first time, like this w- the world of this hip-hop feels closer to the world that I know, which is maybe one of the reasons that I connect to it. Uh, in a very specific way
0: well and we also connect to we also connect to music and like um not that we obviously don't feel it and we don't connect to it emotionally but you and i also tend to connect to it on this like um falling down a wiki hole level um, yes where so a song like this is like well where there's the three samples in it and then there's the sample that it became and then there's like the you know the tip of an iceberg of other references that if you sort of like made a crazy wall of how this song and this album tie into all of the other acts that we've mentioned um the you know the like the late 80s uh social consciousness rap that was a lot heavier and harder and angrier sounding Um, Mm -hmm. and like iced tea and but then on the other side of it Def jeff which was like pretty sunny that like literally all his raps were how he rapped better than anyone else and how does that tie to young mc where were they you know where were they in the um shift in radio play right Um, were the samples used because of only because of their aural value or is uh a song called 125th street congress picked also for the song title and the and the reference to harlem i mean there's just like layers on layers on layers in there of stuff to like think about and other stories to go into and read about, and I love a song that's like, you know, you open the lid of the song, and there's like a whole library shelf of other songs and books and stories to think about. So that's and pretty a song impressive that's able to a be in
1: rap, and a song that's able to be that dense with uh, allusion, uh. The this be able it's able to be that dense with illusion while also being this effortlessly entertaining yeah. is a pretty miraculous thing. And it's not like,
0: I mean, you know, sometimes I call things homeworky, but like I kind of liked homework when when I had it to do, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But this doesn't feel like um, an obligation or a prerequisite. It's. J- it's also a fun song that works yes. as a song, but then if you want to flip it over and look at the many knots that created this tapestry that you're listening to, you can do that too. And yes. that's pretty rad.
1: And as I have said on this show so many times, it rewards you for paying close attention. Yeah. And that's and again, yeah, you can love it on the surface and love it in the depths. Back of the tapestry is very enjoyable Mm -hmm. way to go far side my dear my dear my dear i do not know you but i know i like your songs because they are really good
0: (laughs) i mean if there's one complaint our listeners might have it's that once again i went back to uh homerian performance wordsworth showed up again yeah he yeah Fucking Bill. You know
1: what? <laughs> give me one. Give me one or two more seconds, and I'm sure I'll be able to bring up Ibsen. Uh, more like uh, the or... purpose
0: to lyrical bullshit. Am I right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a Hegelian dialectic coming. I mean, oh yes, yes.
0: Oh Harold well, Sarah, anyone? thank you for.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you for bringing in this. Oh, and to go back to the odyssey what does penelope do but create a tapestry as she Mm -hmm. waits for odysseus whoa yeah penelope's not is what the far side was ultimately rapping about Mm -hmm. and that is a euphemism (laughs) penelope's not
0: speaking of unraveling that's what we're doing right now (laughs) Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. Tweet us at TalkSongs. Or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com/mastass. And as always, thank you for listening.